there and welcome back to geeks with kids your bi-weekly source of all things geeky from a parenting point of view i'm your host eric and joining me for this special review is fellow agent hawk hey hawk hey fellow agent <laughs> so on march 15th massive entertainment and ubisoft released the division 2 the highly anticipated sequel to the 2014 tom clancy hit set in a world ravaged by a weaponized version of the smallpox virus you the player take the role of a division agent an elite soldier that is only activated when the worst of the worst scenarios happen So The Division 2 moves from the dense urban surroundings of New York City to Washington, D.C., the capital city known for its imposing neoclassical monuments and buildings. So so let's just jump into it. Um, What did you think of the narrative? This happened seven months after the initial Green Poison outbreak, which was the first game, and we're now in a bigger city. The story-wise, yeah. I like the story. I know there's been a little contentious point in that in some people's reviews. Yeah. there was an article in The Guardian that kind of dismissed the game wholeheartedly, not based on anything in the play style or that, uh, mostly for ideological reasons, which mm-hmm. I think is kind of a first in gaming. Yeah, so this game, really, it's um, the agents taking back the capital, um, the White House, which is your base of operations. And basically from there, you're just trying to take back territories. And I think the story has progressed from the first one the first one you were just sort of um building back new york but this one you're sort of trying to rebuild civilization and there are some issues with that narrative and i think a lot of it gets lost just because of the noise like a lot of it is just going around shooting people um what do you think of that like i said it's kind of it's not a great socio-political climate for a game like this and yet it's sort of the perfect time for it right it is sort of the perfect time which is a dual-edged double-edged uh has it double-sided sword double-edged sword sword. thank you double-edged sword of the narrative and that uh they've kept it in such a kind of a realistic and possible kind of post-apocalyptic society Mm-hmm. that it, it it does actually put some people off. Yeah, there's there's definitely most of the story comes out through those audio logs that you find and all the things that you read, all the collectibles. And I know that they try not to be political but yet still be political. So, I think I think it's a good progression. It feels like the continuation of a Tom Clancy story and it it's it's compelling. This one kind of puts a lot more focus on the communities that are just trying to rebuild in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, which I find is it was a great addition to to the story in that. Yeah, so let's talk about the world design. We talked about how this map is a one to one representation of the actual city, so it's it's more authentic. And then they've added in each of the districts, or not each of the districts, but on each side of the the White House, there are settlements that you try and build up. So these are these uh, survivors who are trying to rebuild their homes yeah i don't know how it's going to keep playing in that but i like how in the second kind of tier of the game in that after you finish the first you know part that it's it's like an ongoing process in that basically so for the world design like we we talked about the settlements and how um the side missions are sort of based on that so you're taking back the 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 section by rebuilding the settlement yeah Um, and the map seems to be constantly changing. Like mm-hmm. control points are getting taken over by the enemies or they're, 
there are certain events that happen. It's it feels like a living map more than anything. Sure, because there's always something going on in that. There's some supply drops that are coming down in that that you might want to take advantage of. There's active uh, transfer of like of uh, supplies from one camp to the other, either good or bad. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the convoys are are yeah. very contentious. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think of the the fact that the base of operations is the White House now? Well, that seems to be kind of natural given the setting and that you know. And uh, I think it's a, it's a it's kind of a really great evolution of the first game in that because the first game based in new york and that like uh setting wise everything was just kind of the concrete jungle and that so yeah. that was the environment you were trying to navigate through and that in washington dc it adds a, a new element which is nature yeah the mall you have open spaces and then you get the concrete jungle and then you mm-hmm. get the underground because everything's connected yeah and it's such a interesting use of space and confinement well the thing i liked about it them setting it in washington dc and that uh as bleak as the story is and that there's also this kind of like a little optimistic uh side portion to the story where you're mm-hmm. exploring like the uh, the formations of the you know, america and the, the birth of democracy and that through these side missions you know retrieving the declaration of independence or discovering a hidden oss uh base in uh, navy hill yeah they're, they're, they're some great things to make the the world feel alive they actually have dynamic weather in this game too which they didn't have in the last game like sometimes it would snow and mm-hmm. be dark but like because it's in the summertime oh you get sunny you get raining you get fog you get the day cycle so it, it's great because the combat changes when you go through those different types of weather and light and darkness yeah it makes it a lot more you know difficult than that especially in darkness and that is especially with the lighting effects that they use in this game and that because they're very very dynamic in that and they can really change a battle scenario yeah definitely so let's talk about the gameplay um with this upgraded game there's definitely some upgraded gameplay like the feel of the weapons the unique sounds the recoil everything feels different what do you think of the gameplay uh, gameplay has been like the it has been always been the sa- the biggest saving grace of the game, and that you know it has a lot. But you know, um, the cover fire system, third person shooter, and that it, it it offers a lot of like you know very realistic challenge. And that it's it's it. One thing I like is that you can you know there's great moments when you can lone wolf it through the environment, uh, but uh, you'll need team play in that to really advance you into the later parts of the game mm-hmm. um i do like love how they make it a lot simpler uh to get a team together in that through the main parts that you're going to need to team with yeah the, the matchmaking is quite good and i think people are I, always looking and and the the help asking for help from random people and that's people another just randomly showing up was that was a good addition yeah uh, i feel like you were saying the cover is really really solid this this time like in the first one it was a little clunky and while there is some clunkiness in this, um, there are it, it feels a little bit tighter, and the yeah. weapons feel more real. I know you were talking about that the other day. Like each different weapon type feels definitely different, like just the sounds and the feel of it. And the, oh yeah, the you uh, you know when you're you know the difference between an LMG and an assault rifle on that uh, with the the way the kicks back on, on you. So with the new feel of the weapons, there's actually a new mechanic for the enemies. They actually have. Um, armored enemies so you can actually see them losing armor as you shoot them so they're not bullet sponges which was a big issue in the first game what did you think of this yeah it's just another graphical improvement in that and, and it feels more real definitely right you know it, it, like it visually and 
feeling wise in that you really know that you're working your way through it. <laughs> these guys with that homemade armor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And there's there's a lot of new like different gameplay animal elements that they've done like that. They've uh, added these orange diamonds over the last couple enemies in an area, so you mm-hmm. know that you're hitting the end of um, a section, which is really nice. Like they're they're nice little graphical and audio. Um, improvements in this game over the last one and it feels a lot a lot tighter um mm-hmm. they added clans which is a good way to have people join and play with each other um especially with the raids that are coming out soon like it's a free update um we're gonna actually have people to play with which is nice um they've also updated the skills so the skills were a very important part of the first game um and this one we have some returning and some new ones we have the firefly which is sort of like this it's sort of like a drone, but it's sort of an airplane drone that flies through and drops bombs. We have a turret, which was a staple from the first game. The Seeker Mines, another staple from the first game, especially the first trailer of the first game. Uh, we have a drone, which is, uh, you know, everyone loves drones now. So we kind of added it to the game and it's actually a really useful skill. We have the Pulse, which came back from the first game, and I have issues with the Pulse. We'll, we can talk about that in a second. Uh, we have a, a shield, which is nice to carry around and, um, you know, um, to 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 have mobile cover, you have the chem launcher, which is sort of all right, and then we have the hive, which is this new honeycomb type device that can either heal or boost your your players. I'm liking the new skill, the skills in that. Uh, I, but uh, one, I need to kind of branch out more and stop falling into the same kind of categories I've been using because there is a there is a lot of variation in that. The riot shield system in that can, I find that it, it can be really useful in that and going out and retrieving a player that's been downed. It, this game really encourages you to really try different things. Yeah, and yeah. It, gives, yeah. it does. I, I, I do find myself sticking to the same two skills. And unfortunately, I have tried pretty much all of these through the solo missions that I've done. And I really haven't found a better combo than my turret slash drone combo. But yeah. uh, occasionally I'll throw on the hive. Sometimes I'll throw on the, the chem launcher, at least the healing version of the chem launcher. Where I see this being most useful is if you're as larger the group you're playing in. Uh, and I think that might be where the game is kind of pushing it to. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll uh, yeah. find out when when we do the raid. Uh, yeah. Were there any issues uh, in the the gameplay that you noticed? It, mainly in j- just general kind of bugs in that. I think the most glaring issues that we've had are like random invisible things showing up on the maps. Like you can't go over these stairs. You can't go over this little hump on the street because... There's a random invisible box there. There's also right. been some weird, like we were talking about the cover system being very, very clean compared to the last one, but there's still some some bad cover issues. Like sometimes I'll turn a corner by accident mm-hmm. or, or sometimes like the double, the, the roll when you double click doesn't move as fast as you hope it will. Um, sure. there's, there's just some clunkiness, getting over ledges. Little like, bits here and there. Sometimes you'll find yourself like stuck in a corner at the most awkward point of, of a gun battle. Yeah, sometimes you'll see enemies like randomly falling through different cover or they get stuck in doors. Right. Those little glitches that, you know, it happens in a, the first state of a game. Yeah, so sure overall, overall it. it hasn't been detracting uh, from my enjoyment of it in any way. So exactly. I'll give it a pass and hope that the patches in the future and that kind of <laughs> take care of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, what do you think of the monetization of the game? Like this, this is obviously like every other looter shooter. There is some sort of thing that you have to buy to upgrade your characters. What do you think of the version in the Division Two? 
Uh, so far, I mean, most of the monetization goes towards, I think, just appearances and that. So, I mean, if you want to spend the cash on that, you know, go for it and that. But it, it definitely doesn't, like, there's nothing that you have to buy that is going to give you more enjoyment of the game than is already offered, you know, through actual gameplay. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and definitely everything that you can buy in the game, you can actually earn without having to pay, which yeah. is a nice thing. It's something that I appreciate as a as a gamer without, without, you know, unlimited funds. Um, and I do appreciate that this game doesn't have XP boosters like they do in other games like destiny, um, which you would have to pay for. Yeah. So, you know, as a gamer thumbs up. Um, so let's just, let's jump into the end game. The end game is where, um, the division one had a lot of issues. There a lot of the players dropped off after they realized there was nothing to do after the main mission. And I think that, uh, massive and Ubisoft definitely, took that criticism and sort of focused on it for this game. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's nice that a game company actually takes that to heart. Uh, so yeah, for my own experience with uh, D one and that uh, I played it intently on in that for a good, I'd say two, three months in that when it first came out, Yep. Uh, sort of hit that wall with the end game and that, and uh, you know, dark zone was as fun as fun as it was. And that wasn't drawing me back into it and that. So eventually I moved on to other things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so this game, they definitely, once you hit that level cap of 30, they introduced this new thing called specializations, which are um, new powers for each of your characters to, to use. And then you also have gear score, which is sort of like the power level from Destiny or Anthem. Sure. Um, they introduce world tiers to get higher gear. Um, their strongholds, which are these major skirmish areas, which, you know, you really want to, do with your friends or you can do it solo but it's more fun with friends and that way you get even higher loot um they also introduced this new faction which we were talking about earlier called the black tusks and they introduce robo dogs yes robo dogs well they're not really robo dogs but we call them robo dogs when we're playing in the game and they don't feel like any of the earlier enemies like there's it's a totally new upgraded enemy for you to fight and it's 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 crazy it's nice that they fleshed out the whole ending with with bounties and these new invaded missions and yeah sure and how do you like the loot drop system and that once you advance in your world tiers and that uh because we find we were, we were capping out of about 300 in World Tier 1. And when we advanced on to World Tier 2, I found myself advancing so quickly in the light level. And, that, and I actually was really appreciating it. Because uh, I was comparing it to like kind of Destiny's approach, mm-hmm. uh, which kind of landlocks you behind, you know, uh, uh, behind powerful gear and that. And, you know, you only get the chance to get it through you know, special mm-hmm. missions or that. Yeah. But you, you seem really landlocked in the, as far as like how fast you could progress a character based on like how many hours a day you put into it. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um, they also introduced this thing called recalibration, which was my biggest issue with the end game because it, it, it allows you to take talents from one gun and give it to the other. But there isn't sort of this, this the system for you to upgrade your gun. So if you had something with a god roll, you can't bring it with you as you go through the game which sort of sucks right they needed in it like a destiny 2 like infusion thing where you take a higher thing and make your gun higher level like yeah like i have an i have a assault rifle that i really like right now and it's sitting there because i can't do anything with it but it has a really good role and i just can't bring myself to you know junk it I know. I saw myself hanging on to a lot of stuff like that. Um, it's something that we'll be exploring a little later on as as we do hit uh, kind of a, a light level cap uh, to, mm-hmm. you know, 
wherever we're at. Um, but it does offer a lot of possibilities in that because you can kind of bring certain ones along with you in that you find you're going to probably be hanging on to a lot more guns in that this way. Um, yeah. Well, as, as long as they can, they eventually allow you to raise that power level. I think, I think it'll make the game a little bit better because, you know, it sucks if you're, you get that God roll and why would you make a perfect build if it's just going to be irrelevant uh, when you get to a higher level? Like you're just going to get more gear and just, like there's nothing to do with it. It exactly. bothers me. Ah, that one, <laughs> that one thing, the one thing that bothers me about this game. Um, <laughs> another great thing about this end game uh, experience is that uh, Ubisoft and Massive are actually giving away free DLC for everyone post launch. So they have new episodes that are going to be released throughout the year. And it's such a nice breath of air to have a company continue to support the players for free after they bought that game yeah no less than that i know obviously one of destiny's most controversial kind of uh areas in that deal was always paying paying that so much for that next you know chapter of the story the division's been out for just a couple weeks and they've been adding stuff sort of every other week and it it feels like it's constantly getting better and better and russ are uh, we're we're still racing to catch up on it exactly another thing that uh we've just started doing within our end game because we wanted higher loot was the dark zone we mentioned it earlier but we didn't really talk about the main pvp section of this game it was very contentious in the first game a lot of people were uh, sort of being, uh, what's the word? Not bullied. <laughs> bullied. They, yeah, they were being bullied in the dark zone because they weren't going around in a group of four and they were just sort of killing everyone. Um, it, it kind of embraced all the, you know, all the good, all the good things that make PvP good, and all the bad things that make PvP bad. And that because yes, it was this scary place that you, you know, you behind locked walls that you had to, you went into, and that in the pursuit of like you know. Uh, new gear stuff that you could only find there yeah uh, but it, you you ran it at your own risk and that uh because I, yeah. yeah four players you want that gear you yeah. want that gear and it's the place the only place you can get it yeah uh, they did some good changes in this one i remember in division one you'd just be randomly running around all of a sudden you'd hear a random voice from a player and you'd mm-hmm. be like who's talking to me and it was that proximity of voip right They've actually allowed you to turn it off in the second game, which we, which is nice because we haven't even heard it yet as we played the the PvP. But they've also done this some new things like normalizations where all the weapons feel the same. They, they have the same power level. They just have different perks. And yeah. You can tell that. Like we were our first, our first time in the Dark Zone just a couple of days ago, and we were fine against rogue agents, which was amazing. <laughs> we never had that experience in the first one, which no. is so funny. Um, no. I thought... It was really cool that they had these intro missions to introduce you to each of the sections, the different zones, and it, it allows you to learn a little bit about each section, even story-wise, which you know they've tried to expand. And it allows you to see the the train to see how different each one is. Plus, they added a, a new thing called occupied areas, like monuments where the the enemies would take over, and it would give you more gear. Yeah. And the best, the best thing that they did with Dark Zone is that. Not everything is corrupted, so you don't have to, you know, you don't have to airlift it away. <laughs> what do you think of all these new things that they've added? Oh, yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying the changes. Yeah, it makes me it makes me want to go back in there and that instead of like, oh, do I really have to go into the dark zone again? And that's sort of what the first division was. It was just people trying to loot all the other agents, but I feel like that's lesser of a 
a point in this one now that you can keep your own weapons only some of it is corrupted yeah Um, yeah and because this is a parenting podcast you know geeky one from a parenting point of view what's the age range that you would let a kid play this game because it is a violent game and it is sort of a scenario that's a little bit more mature than you would give to like a seven-year-old sure the teens will love it (laughs) i think i think this is sort of a teen uh maturity upwards especially with the the scenario that happens with the the virus and especially all the rogue agents that happen it's definitely something that I wouldn't play in front of my child. My kids are four and you know six months, um, but it would definitely be something that I would play with like a teenage cousin of mine. So we've talked about pretty much all the aspects of this game. Um, are there any final thoughts you have on it before we head out? Um, it's just it's the sequel you you just want to see. It's like it's so you know it takes all the best things from the first one and that and just adds more and more to it and that. So yeah, I really got to give it to Massive and to Ubisoft and that for the work that they put into it and that. Uh, they had a fantastic uh, uh, pregame kind of beta session and that. Uh, yeah, and they actually yeah. fixed a lot of things uh, from the beta section into the the real launch of the game, which. Is sort of unheard of when you think of uh, all the recent betas and demos that we've played. So more than any other loot shooter in recent history, Ubisoft's The Division 2 not only gave us an update to the story and the scenario we've enjoyed from the past, but it also gave us a fresh up- graphical upgrade, uh, updated gameplay mechanics, and meaningful endgame content, which is sort of unheard of. That makes this one of those rare occasions where the sequel is actually better than the original. Agreed. So with that being said, what did you think of the game? Have you had a chance to play it? Why don't you send us a message on Facebook, Twitter, or even send us an email or contact us through our website. I'd like to thank Hawk for joining me on this review. Thank you for coming on. Well, thank you for having me. So I'd like to thank Massive Entertainment and Ubisoft for giving us a review code so that we could play it and review it for all you fine folks out there. And once again, thank you for listening to us. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it for us this week on Geeks with Kids. If you want to get a hold of us, you can send us an email at podcast at geekswithkids.ca. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekswithkids. Follow us on Twitter at geekswithkidscn. Check out our pics on Instagram at geekswithkids. And you can find all of this good stuff on our website at www.geekswithkids.ca. So if you liked what you hear, why don't you hit that subscribe button and leave us a comment. This podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, and your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.